Good evening, church. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about distraction, uh, how it's used, and how to guard against it. Um, so a big part of military strategy actually is distraction. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of something called a flank. So if you know anything about military strategy, you've heard of a flank before. And, and basically what will happen is... is um, one set of troops will try to distract while another set of troops moves around in from the side where that force can't see them coming. And it's kind of like a, uh, a thing where it's like, I'm going to make you look here while I do this over here. So it takes your eye off of what actually is going on. Yeah. So uh, this past fall, I, uh, I took a, a men's class at church, and ironically, we're about to start a men's class here, um, and we talked a lot about distraction and, and how men in today's society are heavily distracted. Out of, out of all people, men are probably the most distracted, and, and we, we really struggle with, with being present where we are, right? And I don't know if you've ever heard that term before, but it's very important to be present wherever you're at at all times. Like when you're at work, be present at work, and when you're at home, be present at home. You know, don't bring work home with you and, and try not to bring home to work, you know, because you want to you work effectively too. Um, so we're going to talk about that tonight, being present where you are and distraction. Uh, I've got three main texts. It's going to be 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5, Luke 10, 38 through 41, Luke 8, 9 through 18. We're going to start in 2 Samuel 11, one through five, and it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. In the spring of the year, the time when the kings go out to battle, David sent out Joab and his officers, all of Israel with him. They brought to ruin the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening when David arose from his bed and was walking on the roof of the king's house, from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. So David sent someone to inquire about the woman. And it was asked, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her. When she had purified herself from her uncleanliness, she returned to her house. The woman conceived, so she sent a message and reported to David, I am pregnant. So something I'm going to hit on here is distraction doesn't just typically come out of nowhere, right? It just doesn't just appear one day. If, if you read in the context and, and you read in, in around 2 Samuel, you're going to find out that David was in a very idle time of life. He, he was very idle in what he was doing. It wasn't actually Bathsheba that was really the distraction. He had a lot of other distractions prior to Bathsheba, right? He, he was living extremely idle. So he had been idle long before his fall, and his idleness is actually what caused him to become distracted by Bathsheba. If you read here, he wasn't even where he was supposed to be, right? He was supposed to be out on the battlefield, but instead he's back home. And, and when you read in the context of everything, you're going to learn that one of the greatest attributes of David, and, and something that makes David a man after God's heart, is his humility, but, but David here, this is actually an exercise of pride. He, he becomes so confident 
in Israel's army that he didn't even feel the need to go out and do what he was supposed to do anymore. And so it was in this moment, it was in his moment of idleness when he decided, oh, it's getting taken care of. You know, we're whooping everybody. They don't really need me out there. And he became idle. And then everything hit home. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 reminds us that we must constantly attend to our relationship with God every day, right? It wasn't really just good enough that David was a man after God's own heart. He wasn't doing it every day like he needed to be doing, right? We're reminded in 1 Corinthians 10, 12 that we have to attend to this every day. Like, you don't see distraction coming. Like what I talked about with the flank, it's really hard to see it coming, so we have to do things prior to the distraction. Otherwise, it's going to catch you off guard. If you can't see it coming, then it's going to catch you off guard. If you're not taking care of business, then it's going to get you. Like I said, David had grown so confident that he decided to stay home and live in his own leisure instead of going out into the field where he was going to have to not live in leisure anymore. He decided he was going to hang out in the palace. He was getting to sleep in his own bed while his men were out sleeping on the ground. Right? And that's not God's heart. He wasn't, he wasn't actually living up to who he was supposed to be. And he had allowed the distraction of life to come in and take root. So here's some statistics on distraction. Like, what kinds of things distract us today? Like phones. Pretty, you ever get those notifications, you know, you get so much hours and, and minutes of screen time. So phones, uh, TV, especially for male sports, like I've been watching the NCAA baseball tournament quite a bit. Um, so like phones, TVs, and sports, that, that's pretty, pretty common distractions. Would you believe that 1.6 million accidents each year involve cell phone distraction? 1.6 million accidents each year because someone's looking at their phone. 70% of employees self-report being distracted at work. That's just the the people that are honest and like, yeah, I'm, you know, (laughs) that's the self-reporting. It's probably 100%, right? 16% self-report saying they're distracted almost 100% of the time they're at work. You know, that's that's a pretty large number for self-reporting that they just, they don't work. Like, they show up and don't do anything. And I'm like, man, I want that job, right? People check their phones an average of 150 times a day. You know, we've gotten programmed. We just look at it like you feel your pocket buzz. Whoop, and there's nothing actually even there. Average, the average American adult consumes approximately five hours of TV per day. So what does this all mean? You know, what, what, what are those stats? Uh, how do they really pertain to what we're talking about? Um, I fully believe we're facing a societal breakdown. And like I said earlier, especially with men, and I wholeheartedly believe that men are often distracted by everything except their family. Like, if there'd be one thing to be distracted by, it should be your family. But so often as men, it seems like we're really distracted by work. Right? And there's nothing wrong with working hard. I mean, the Bible tells us to work hard. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I believe that we've, we, we become so easily distracted by it that that becomes our, our demigod or our mini-god in a way. And, and it, it's where men find validation from, right? Instead of, being, instead of being real men, real fathers, right? Like we have so many dads skipping out and leaving and walking out. And why, why is that? It's really because distraction has set in. 
something has pulled focus from here where it's supposed to be to over here where it doesn't need to be. And now the enemy has come in and flanked and has gotten us. We couldn't even see it coming. And uh, we, we rely more on external happiness than internal joy. Right. So we care more. The, the external happiness is, is the feelings like, man, I just I want to do something that makes me feel good. Right. I want to, I want to do something that, that makes me happy. But internal joy is found when we're not distracted. But instead, we're, we're like David was supposed to be and we're being men and women after God's heart. That's where we get the internal joy from. And that's what's really going to carry us through. It's what's going to allow us to see the distraction that's trying to set in. But, but our focus is, is so externally on, on, on finding some kind of external happiness that doesn't really exist. It's a, it's a, it's a myth, right, that that exists. It, it, it's not in existence, but yet somehow we're always trying to find it. So like David, we have become comfortable and idle. Distraction has begun to explode, expose our flanks. It has outmaneuvered us. Like I said, um, Bathsheba was not David's first distraction, right? It's the one that ultimately really cost him. That was the big boy in the end, right? It cost him a kid, a lot of time. And it's really one of the few times that we don't see David repent very quickly. He tried to hide it, right? He goes out and kills somebody, kills Uriah. And he, then he tries to cover everything up. And he, he tries to lie about it. I didn't do that. You know, so one of the few times that we see David, uh, David's normally a quick repenter. We see in Psalms, he, he's really quick to repent. But, but here he wasn't. All right, so I've been picking on men. Now we're going to pick on the ladies. Uh, Luke chapter 10, 38 through 41. Another very familiar passage of Scripture. As they went, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. This is a very, very important aspect. What was she distracted by? Serving her gift. She was even distracted by her gifting. Right? We're going to talk about that in a minute. So she was distracted with much serving. And she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Then tell her to help me. Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. So some of us have become like Martha. We've, we're distracted by the appearance of things. Man, you could preach a, a very long sermon on that. Um, we, we, we get distracted by how things look. Like We've got to have everything in order. Everything's got to look good. But what does God constantly tell us? Like, I care about what's going on in your heart, right? Like when, Samuel, when Samuel came to Jesse's house, David got passed up, what was it, eight times, I think? Eight other, eight other sons? It because he didn't look the part, right? God says, I don't care about that. I don't care about how you look. But we're so concerned, especially in America, man, we're so concerned with the way things look, with the way things appear. But what God is trying to tell us tonight is, I don't really care how it appears. I just don't want you to be distracted by life. I don't want you to be consumed 
by things of the world. I don't want you to get distracted by those things. I don't care about appearance. And it's kind of a piggyback on what I discussed a couple weeks ago, or even last week, I think it was, about anxiety. Distraction here we see leads to anxiety. Right? She'd been so consumed. She was so distracted that she'd gotten so consumed that now she's anxious. Right? What does anxiety lead to? It leads to depression. The depression leads to this, and this leads to that. It's one thing after another. It's a, it's a snowball effect. And she didn't even realize it. So much so that she was trying to convince Jesus that he needed to get on Mary. Right? That's how much she didn't see what was going on. She had become blinded to everything around her. And get this, she was even using what was probably her gift. Serving. Right? I mean, that's, that's not a, a, an evil thing by any means. But you can even be distracted by your gift. It's something you don't really think about very often, but even your gifting can be a distraction when you're not using it in the proper way. Right? So, like I said, distraction most often does not appear evil. That is the intent of it. That's the intent of distraction. If distraction appeared evil, you'd most likely see it coming. Right? Like if you have any sort of relationship with God at all, and there's this big evil object coming at you. You're going to be able to notice it, right? But the point is, is I want to make it look like it's good, right? The appearance can be good. And, and so, like, when, you're, and when, an, when an army is trying to hit somebody's flank up front, it's actually going to look like they're losing, right? Because they're going to have to give up some men to try to go around and flank them. But you, you might think you're winning something when in reality you've been distracted, and then something hits you in the side, like it did Martha here. She was so distracted, she had no idea what was even going on. So remember, like, look over here while I get you here. That's the point. That's what the enemy's wanting to do. Like I said, it's nearly impossible to see coming, so steps must be taken prior. Like, in the army, we, we have a thing called, like, sectors of fire, so like one man's responsible for this area, another man's responsible for this area. And that's what, as Christians, we really need to be doing. Like, hey, man, uh, this thing's trying to come against me. I, I need you here. And, or this thing's trying to come against the church. Right? So, so um, Papa needs to be here, and, and Zach needs to be here, and Timmy needs to be here, and so, for, so on down the line. Right? And that's the steps you take prior to distraction or or prior to someone trying to come in your camp and kill you, right? That's ultimately what the enemy's doing with distraction. He's trying to come in your house. He's trying to come into the church. He's trying to distract you with things that appear to be good, right? But they aren't really good. He, he's out to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So do not become spiritually self-satisfied. Like I said, one of your gifts could be a distraction. We, we can become very haughty in our gifts. We can become really boastful. Right? Lucas is such a, such a really good singer, you know, but, but it would probably be easy for someone of, of his amazing gift set to become boastful, right? Or, or, or if uh, you're a really good speaker, it can become really easy to become boastful in that. But we can't allow that to happen, right? Because then what will happen, your gifting will become a distracting aspect of your life, right? So we have to boast, what, in the Lord, 
So do not become spiritually self-satisfied. One of your gifts could be a distraction. All right, last passage of Scripture. I'm going to go ahead and bring it home. We're going to try to get it done quick. I'm trying to beat Papa. <laughs> I might. We'll see. All right, so bringing it home. Uh, Luke 8, 11 through 15. Another familiar passage of Scripture. It's all familiar tonight, but, but uh, like what we talked about in Sunday school this morning is uh, we can read these familiar passages of Scripture, but in different, different times and different seasons, it can mean something different to you. So my prayer tonight has been that, uh, that you're enlightened by these familiar Scriptures, right? And that I'm enlightened by these familiar Scriptures. Uh, the, the Bible is a breathing object, right? It, it, it's desiring to, to get into you, and it might mean something different to you at different times and different seasons, different places. And so even though this passage is also familiar, I'm praying that you take something new away from it tonight. And JT, we're actually going to go to uh, verse 11. So Luke 8, 11 through 15. Now the parable means this. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are those who hear. Then comes the devil who takes away the word from their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, here in a second, we're gonna, I think, it, yeah, it's verse 13. This is the one I'm going to focus on. Those on the rock are the ones who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But those who have no root, for they believe for a while, and then in time of temptation, they fall away. All right, here's the key. That which fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and then are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed on the good ground are those, having heard the word, kept it in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So can anyone name the distraction in this text, right? Which part of the parable represents distraction? It's the thorns, Right? The thorns represent distraction. And if we look at verse 15 real quick, JT, pay close attention to verse 15. It, there's words like keep. Right? So what does that imply? It's, it's what 1 Corinthians 10, 12 has taught us, that, that it has to be a present. Like in every day, it says keep. Keep it an honest and good heart. So it's, it's saying that, hey, at one time, man, at one time it was this. Right? The, the, the people among the thorns, they had it, but it got choked out, right? And they lost it along the way. But um, we, we have to remain focused on doing this every single day. Thorns rob nutrition, water, light, and space from newly sprouting seeds. Jesus described such people as being choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Worldly cares, no matter how important or how minor, the false sense of security brought on by riches and desire for pleasure and material possessions, including anything that serves to distract a person, right? It's normally not the big stuff. You know, there's a song, I, a lot of people in here, I'm not going to say anybody's name, but you're not really fans of Casting Crowns, but... <laughs> Looking at you guys. But I actually really like Casting Crowns. The lyrics are really good. And they have a song, a song called Slow Fade. Right? It's a slow fade. It's not something that pops up and gets you immediately. Sometimes that happens. But normally, it's the little things of life. The extra hour you spend somewhere that you shouldn't have spent there 
You should have spent it with God, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's the little things where, where we lose it. And the, it's in the little cares and pleasures of the world, right? Most of us in here aren't going out and doing just disastrous things or what we would think are disastrous. But in reality, a lot of us are distracted and we don't know it. A lot of us are Martha, right? We don't, we, we don't see it. And even some of us are probably listening right now and thinking like, that's not for me. I'm not distracted. Well, maybe it is for you then, right? Martha didn't think it was for her either. Like I said, she even told Jesus, you need to set her in order. You need to set Mary in order. Right? Jesus like, no, it's you, Martha. Right? So we've become blinded. I worked on a farm last summer. And so the, the, the concept of thorns, like... I can visibly see it because as we would pl- we planted uh, corn, soybean, and rice. And uh, the guy I was working for us said, you know, like once we get all this planted, we'll have to go out and you have to pull weeds. You know, and be- the weeds will grow in between the rows of the beans or the corn. And I was like, ah, oh, it's probably not a big deal. I mean, how big are the weeds going to get? Man, them things uh, just get gigantic. You know, the... And what will happen is you can see them wrapping around the beans and the corn. And the corn will start tilting, right? It doesn't, doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just collapse, you know. But the, the, the thorn, the, the, the weeds will, will start wrapping up around it. And the corn will start leaning and leaning and leaning. And if you don't come in and either pull those weeds or spray it, it will eventually collapse under the weight of the of the weed. And that's what Jesus is trying to illustrate to us here is that over time the distractions will mount. Right? Over time the cares and the pleasures that we entertain will mount and our corn, our us, or the stalk will start to fall and collapse. But fortunately in, in the real world uh, they make su- substances that you can go in and spray those things and we got them knocked out. But, and that's what we need to do. Right? We need to strap on the chemicals and go spraying. Like, we need to get that, as it's choking us, we need to choke it. Right? We need to get it out, get it out of our life. At the end of our life, this is a question I want you to think about. This isn't just, it is rhetorical, don't answer. But uh, think about it. At the end of our life, and I'm, I'm closing, by the way, at the end of our life, would you want one more chance to speak God's truth into your child before bedtime, or would you want to catch the last 30 minutes of a show? It's a dilemma that we're going to continue to face in today's world. Like we're, we're pressured to stay catch up on all these shows. Like there's actually, there's actually some pressure involved with show watching. You know, like out of all things to have pressure. Like we don't have enough pressure. Now, now you got the pressure to watch TV. <laughs> But tonight, I really feel like God is, is wanting to draw us deeper into Him, removing the distractions that plague us, that make us weary, and ultimately will cause dissatisfaction. See, what would have eventually happened with Martha is over time in her distraction, if she hadn't encountered Jesus and Jesus hadn't set her straight, she'd have become very dissatisfied because she would have felt like I'm not getting anything in return for what I'm doing. Right? I'm showing up. I'm trying to serve Jesus. He ain't even noticing. Right? So she would have become dissatisfied. She probably would have become bitter at Jesus. 
Right? That's ultimately what distraction leads to. Dissatisfaction, bitterness, ultimately death. Right? Because what's it going to do? It's going to choke you out little by little. It's going to choke you out. So you can only live in distraction for so long. The, the weeds will eventually strangle you. Also, this is the big key for me personally. Your distraction will cause heartache and heartbreak for other people. Because it's not just you. You know, it's not just you. You're not the only one involved in your life. You know, you're, you're not it. So if you allow yourself to become distracted, it's going to affect negatively those around you, those that you have influence over, and even the people that you don't know are watching you. It will affect them negatively. It will cause heartache and heartbreak for them. So are we going to let distraction shape our future and the, and the future of our family? Or are we going to remain focused on God? And the worship team, you can go ahead and start coming forward. So David would go on <clears throat> to repent of his distraction. And he would eventually be restored. Right? It took him, I think, about 10 chapters in there. Who knows how long that actually was. But David, normally, he would write a verse, you know, saying how bad he was. And the next verse, he was repenting. You know, it, but it took him a really long time in this particular setup. And, 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 and the why that's the case is because he had allowed things to fester for so long, right? And he never came and talked to God about his idleness because he was blinded by it. You know, so tonight, I'm challenging us to, to get away from our idleness, right? To come and find God here. And, and like Martha, it's probably a good idea if you're thinking it's not for you, it's probably a really good idea for you to come and have an encounter with God tonight because He's here. He's been here all service, right? And, and, and He's here to set you free from distraction, to give you new priorities in life, to, to give you a purpose, right? Ultimately, a lot of times we're distracted because we don't really know what to do. We don't, we don't feel like we, we have a purpose or, or meaning, right? And we become so easily distracted by everything else because of this lack of purpose. So tonight, also, if, if you feel like I don't belong or, or I need a purpose in my life, a God-given purpose, then this is also for you tonight because you need a purpose or you're going to easily become distracted.